0: Welcome to the Laverne Cox Show, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with
1: iHeart. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds. Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com.
3: just
1: being me amy winehouse back to black directed by sam taylor johnson rated r under 17 not a minute without parent only in theaters may 17th radio
4: we were the kaiser of our people we were the hmo of the land those colonial oppressors yes they saw us for what we were we were a vehicle to stop their progression Mm. We bore both physical energy, ancestral energy, energetic energy. We knew how to manipulate the earth and the land. We <laughs> shit. Hello,
0: everyone, and welcome to the Laverne Cox Show. I'm Laverne Cox. On this podcast. I've invited you to go on a journey with me towards healing from shame, trauma, attachment issues, adverse childhood experiences, and more. But I believe there's another essential element involved in healing that we maybe briefly touched on here, but haven't really done a deep dive into yet, and that's spirituality. Now let me be clear, I am not talking about religion, I am talking about spirituality. Now, I love Renee Brown's definition of spirituality. You know, we love Renee Brown here. Renee Brown defines spirituality as recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power that is greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective meaning and purpose into our lives i believe spirituality is a crucial part of our healing and i have the very most perfect person with whom to have this conversation with you today i first met valerie spencer in 2012 for a panel i was moderating for the national black justice coalition in washington dc valerie was a panelist now valerie spencer owns every single room she walks into, and she truly owned that panel. She has a presence that is undeniable, that is anointed, that is everything. She is just that girl. I was familiar with Valerie Spencer because I had seen this incredible documentary called Beautiful Daughters that documents the very first all transgender production of Eve Ensler's The Vagina Monologues. Valerie was in the documentary and she stole the show. She was incredible and it was clear to me then that she was a superstar. And over the years, we've become really good friends. Valerie is the creator of the Holistic Empowerment Institute, an organization which addresses empowerment on a social, cultural, and holistic basis for LGBTQI plus communities. For over two decades, Valerie Spencer has worked in social services focusing on health disparities as they relate to transgender people and others within LGBTQI communities. In 2011, the California Legislative LGBTQ Caucus officially recognized her as a state and national leader in the movement for LGBTQI political and social freedoms. She has worked with the federal government, health departments, universities, conferences, and community-based organizations all over the country. Please enjoy my conversation with Valerie Spencer. Hello, 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 Valerie Spencer. Welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling today, my sister?
4: I'm alive, I'm illuminated, and I'm prepared to serve.
0: Alive, illuminated, and prepared to serve. That's Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. <laughs> I miss you. I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> we had a Zoom or something, but it, it's not the same, so we need to hang out um, <laughs> in real we life. Do. I was thinking about sisterhood, and I was thinking about what that has meant in my life and how mm. I have such incredible trans women in my life, and you're certainly one of them, where there's no, there's never been any competition. And, and when I think about competition, I think about competition for jobs, even in the not-for-profit world that you've sort of been in for, for most of your life. There's competition and backstabbing. And then for men, I, there was a trans woman online talking about this this man who, I, who seemed very predatory, who put her in competition with another trans woman. And I was just like, this is not what I'm living, and I thought before we get into the incredible work that that you're doing with the Holistic Empowerment Institute, can you talk a little bit about your experience with what that is in our community? I want the girls, and I, you know, I'm talking specifically about trans young trans women now, but for anyone else who this might apply to, to not be in competition with each other, and also to be well and whole. Mm -hmm. What comes up for you when I say all that?
4: Well, typically when people talk about the deficits in our community, particularly around trans women sharing or competing for space, we tend to focus on the trans woman herself or the trans women themselves or the community itself. But the problem is actually not connected with the women at all. Mm. The problem has to do with having to navigate through and in a culture, a society that does not fully celebrate, embrace, or see the woman that you are, right? And so you've got to rattle your cage. You've got to shake your baby rattle to be seen, to be noticed. You've got to say to the culture, look at me, I can walk. You know, all of those things that children do, all of those things that we all do as human beings to struggle to be seen. And so when we fix and do that completely, and we're not just talking about pride parade signs, and and I am so pleased with all of the activism that sort of spawned this trans inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gap has changed its website. So many things have happened. But these are tertiary at best. The culture has to accept the fact that your sons want me. Amen. Your fathers want me. Mm -hmm. Your Uncle Teddy and them, they want me. Now, do they want me more than you? Well, that's a conversation I'm not privy to. However, they want me. And they also see my womanhood. Now you may not see my womanhood Mm -hmm. and he may not get on this pulpit and talk about my womanhood. And he may not get in the ballot box or in the legislation office and talk about my womanhood. But up in here, the sanctuary, Mm -hmm. he validates, celebrates, and expresses fully his appreciation for this woman's body. Now, when we begin to move the culture to the place where trans women are truly on equal footing, with every other woman, Mm -hmm. then we can revisit the conversation of sharing and jockeying for space. But if you notice, all women jockey for space and do strange (laughs) things to compete for sexual space. I think perhaps it's just a part of the glow of womanhood, Mm -hmm. the glow of being uh, that caregiver, that nurturer, that woman that really wants to see this person in her life. Uh, we do those things as women, but as trans women, part of the reason why we do them is because the society does not embrace our womanhood, not fully. I wonder, what just
0: came up for me is I wonder if we, enough of us as trans women, haven't fully Divested of patriarchy, what I believe is that is it is the patriarchy, and when I say patriarchy, I mean institutional sexism. And we don't we don't need men for patriarchy. Women engage in patriarchy as well. But patriarchy, that patriarchal system, pits women against each other. I like to talk about systems and structures because it's really important. But in the face of that what is my responsibility? What, is, mm-hmm. what can I do in my life to change my circumstances? Because they're both, it's both and, right? That's right. So what do you think about that in relationship to patriarchy?
4: Ladies and gentlemen, and, and family, human family, please understand I am Reverend Valerie Spencer, but sometimes nothing conveys the truth like a little piece of profanity. So here it comes. I think women have just got to put some more respect on their pussy. Girl, you have got to put some more respect on the instrument that you possess. Mm. you throwing your pussy out here to the wolves to be chewed and eaten, and coming home stray catted. And we vet these individuals based on the package, based on the spit of game, the swag, the smell, the attention. But girl, we got to have a little bit more criteria. See, I'm I'm over 50. <laughs> Perhaps that's it.
0: I'm almost there next year. I'll be 50. you're
4: gonna love your you're gonna love your 50. It's an explosion of goodness. Trust me. I love it. Your thighs go instantly, so work them out. But other than everything else, you're gonna live for your 50s. <laughs> and I just think that for me, when I see trans women going through all this, it makes me want to parent. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of being in your 50s. You realize, I know my thighs can't compete. Stop competing. Let's parent and pour into. And when I see trans women going through all this, it tells me that somebody, a mother figure, auntie, somebody has not told you the value of your pussy. Footnote. Pussy is a colloquial term. Amen. Therefore, whatever I say is pussy. Is pussy. Ew. <laughs> now, the man that I'm with, when I tell him, eat this pussy, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I don't have to do a thesis on anatomy and trans psychology. If I say eat this pussy and I'm talking about my elbow, he's going straight to that elbow. He knows just what I'm talking about. And so do you really know the value of your trans sexuality? Have you been taught that, that you have your own sexual power, your own sexual pull and vibrational pull? And so you don't need to compete with another woman's energetic pull. You have your own, and it works every time. Mm. Now, will he marry you? Perhaps not. But if you audition that further, that may not be him. Amen.
0: Amen. What I love about what you're saying, because you're, you're preaching, um, you're preaching <laughs> a gospel, a, 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 a different one, but a very important one, because it's about our inherent, our inherent worth, the spirituality, the God That's that right. we carry within That's us. That's
4: right. The sacredness. Mm,
0: the sacredness. That each of us hold. Because I think about, you know, when I was younger, I think about a relationship I was in for four years from 2001 to 2005 with an alcoholic who was abu- emotionally abusive. And I believed at that time in my life, because I was trans, that that was the best that I could do, that no one would love me, that I was not lovable because I'm a Black trans woman and nobody's going to want me. And this man wants me and I've met his mother.
4: So here's where I am in that narrative. Mm-hmm. You are right. I may not be able to find a man who loves me. I may not be able to find that. And I'm 55 and I've up against it but I have yet to lock arms with it. Mm. But the one thing I do know that I do have agency over is that I will not be disregarded. Amen. I will not be disrespected. For even for the sake of my own ego desire, even for the sake of my own vanity, even for the sake of my heart's desire, which is to be loved and affirmed by a strong man.
0: Valerie, have you always been there? Or no, I been haven't. What was the shift? When was the moment when you were like, okay, I'm going to put some respect on this pussy. I'm not going to allow what I used to allow. What was the shift? Because that's what the girls need to hear, how to shift out of that thinking, out of that mindset into the one where we value what we have. Well,
4: first of all, know this. You're never going to send enough pictures to make this thing work. Right. You'll be sending pictures of your colon, your pinky toe, your spleen, the inside of your vagina, the outside of your vagina, your Mm. prostate, your old prostate. You'll be sending pictures forever. Mm. Eventually, somebody will tell you that they want you or they don't. Now, that's one thing. Yes. The other thing is I've been skinny, I've been fat, I've been skinny, I've been a little thicker than I used to be, and I still pull. Amen. I'm clear about this. You know, there are a lot of inconveniences. Well, not a lot of inconveniences, but there are a couple really key inconveniences to being a trans woman. And this whole love and relationship piece is one of them. But one of the blessings of being a trans woman, I can have a horn in the top of my head and a fang. I can have gray hair with one breast that wraps around my whole neck and I can walk outside to my sidewalk and whisper, and people will come from everywhere. I can always pull some trade. <laughs> you are a trans woman, you can pull sex. Now that may not be your appetite, and you must get to know I really want love and intimacy. I need to grieve that because that's not what I'm having. Or I'm hot and I want some sex. Click, click, click. So when men come to us, now this is the power, Laverne. When men come to us and think that they're doing a, us a favor by wanting to have some sort of sexual relationship with us.
0: That's a chop for me.
4: But we need to put that in its full context because here's what I say. Okay, daddy, you, you just talking about being screw buddies. Well, now let me put you in the queue because in this culture, I don't have a husband, but I have several auditions lined up for screw buddies. I'm sorry, you're number 48 on the list. I'll call you in three weeks and see what I, because this is not going to be the night in shining armor. And once you reach a certain age, a certain level of maturity, you begin to see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And, and this is what I want you to hear, Laverne. Mm-hmm. You begin to go ahead and grieve that. And it's mm-hmm. a grieving. Yeah. It may be a reality, but on the other side of that grief is the pussy respect I speak.
0: Yeah. I think even when I was single, I don't send naked pictures. There's just things I just don't do. And it's And part of that is about the respecting myself. Part of that is I'm a public figure. We're not doing that. Because before I met my boyfriend, I was like, maybe I'll just, you know, have an FWB situation, you know, like I was I was auditioning guys. Even for that, I need a certain level of respect. Mm -hmm. consistency. We're meeting in public. There's just, there are things that have to become unacceptable in terms of how you treat me, because I understand that this is divine.
4: Well, you know, we're giving trans women so many instructional messages about how to navigate their body, all to change and switch their body. But the one thing we're not telling trans women, it's okay to have a standard. Yes. And if he really wants you, he will meet that standard. Listen, a man is a man. I'm I'm sorry. I'm full disclosure. I am highly heteronormative. I am highly gender specific. I am a woman. I'm very cut and clean. I am as vanilla as it comes. So here's my point of view. If a man loves you, if he truly loves you, he will bite through a brick wall to get to you. Amen. And if somebody says to him, Hey man, that's brick he will say, pass me some hot sauce because my woman's on the other side of the wall." Wow. So all these things that we do, cutting our head off, getting new faces, it's fine if they make us feel good. But if he wants you,
5: mm-hmm.
0: he wants you. And we can't make them. And we can't make them want us. I was on I was a discussion with the girls yesterday. They show us very early on All the ghosting, it's like, okay, he's not that into me. I'm moving on. I can't, the inconsistency I can't do, the go away, come closer I can't do. And I'm in a space now. I've been dating this man for a year, we fell in love in December. I am madly in love. It's a love that I've never known before. I feel like Stephanie Mills. I never knew love like this before. And it's wonderful. And I think like, I'm like, how in the world did this happen? And I know I've learned from my other relationships, but I also energetically have shifted. There's an energy that has shifted where I At a certain point, I just don't attract the F-boys anymore. They just, I repel them because they know they're not running that game on me.
4: You know, I've always been a rather, a rather dignified kind of girl. I mean, that's, you know, that's just why. And that in and of itself is a repellent. Knowing yourself, Mm -hmm. clear about the game that's coming. You know, people can sort of see that. But I think with you, Laverne, You have a different relationship with appreciation than most of us do. Your physicality is appreciated. Your talent is appreciated. And most of us just simply don't. So what's the lesson of that, Valerie? Are the rest of us cursed, but Laverne is going to get it? No. The lesson is to surround ourselves with people who only see it.
0: Yes. And appreciate
4: us. And not just intimate partners, but people who see our vision, people who see our talent, people who see our physical beauty, yes, but people who dig our logic. Get in a new relationship with yourself so that you don't see yourself as an outsider trying to push in. You see yourself as in and appreciating. Now you are a worthy magnet.
0: Got to take a teensy break here, but I'll be fast.
5: wasn't so bad now, was it? Let's get back to it.
0: In that podcast we did with Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks about creating the the future we want for ourselves, um, not from the known, but from the unknown and living it in the present. Practicing gratitude for the future thing in this present moment as if it's already happened. So we can begin to rehearse in our lives on a daily basis for that energy that we want to surround ourselves with. And we can begin to vibrate on that energetic field. And that feels like really super important and really comes to the work that you're doing as -hmm. as a holistic healer, Mm -hmm. as a therapist, as as so many other things. So you've founded the Holistic Empowerment Institute. Can we start off by defining what you mean by holistic? Because we hear that word all the time and I don't know if we really know what it means. How do you define holistic?
4: Well, that's why you're my sister, because you're perfect. (laughs) That's one question, my sister Laverne. Mm -hmm. has been the reason why HEI has been manifesting for well over a decade. Mm. What is holistic? And, And in defining that, I couldn't find a definition outside of holistic is encompassing of those sort of environmental pieces. So finance, family, peers, relationship and love and safety, housing medical or or physical safety. But that's not what I meant Mm -hmm. as holistic empowerment. I meant spiritually integrated empowerment. Now, what does that mean? Well, in order to define that, I went on a quest to define a really good definition of one word, healing. I looked and I wasn't satisfied with most of the answers that defined healing. So I had to create one myself.
0: Yes, I love it.
4: And I call healing a psycho-spiritual shift.
0: Ooh, that just brought up a lot of stuff for I me. Mean, what is a psycho-spiritual shift?
4: That was you just that was some of the energy of it right there.
0: Mm, right. Because it's energetic.
4: Yeah. And so for our people, people of color, we experience that psycho-spiritual shift all the time. We seek it out. We usually do that in church settings and religious settings, right? I call it a touch. We need a touch. And I call it a psycho spiritual shift that leads to a new perspective of past experiences, a redefining of self. And it also leads to a whole new way of living and behavior. And so HEI does that in a number of ways. Some of them don't look religious. The problem with doing things that are spiritually inclusive is that people want to figure out like, where does religion fit? And does it fit? Because if so, I don't want to be bothered. And so I was sitting on the beach and I was just thinking, you know, God help. And spirit spoke to me and said, take the God out. Mm. It's problematic. It's complicated. Take the God out. And then replace the God with what? We are pulling people into what I call their sacred core. The sacred core. Teaching them about the sacred interior. We're moving people out of a God that's over on Crenshaw somewhere and pulling them into themselves because that is the relationship. And so we'll be doing that in a number of ways. The first way we're doing it, I wanted to have a love letter to the trans women in my life and all over the world. We want trans women to lead from a full context of themselves, but also to see the community, the trans community that they're leading in the full context of who they are. Mm -hmm. So we're taught that trans communities are disease burdened. I even saw a smoking sensation presentation where they quoted that trans people, trans women smoke more than anybody else. They had no data to support it. (laughs) I said, I know several queens. And I know maybe two or three that smoke. Where are y'all finding this 53% of queen smoke? <laughs> Who are the people, these people? Right. So we're going to teach our people to not see trans women in terms of deficit. We want trans women to lead trans people from a place of knowing our people is powerful. Yeah. We want to know our people outside of the deficit narrative. Who are you? Who have you been in Africa? Who have you been in Native America? Who have you been in Brazil? Who have you been in Asia? Who have you been in Russia, Pakistan? Who are you? Glo- who are you? Right? Yes. Not just this. I want to change my sex. I don't like my breast. I don't like the shape of my face. Who are you? That's not who you are. Are you suggesting all of who you are is your aesthetics? No. Amen. You have healing in your hands. You are trans. Your purpose is to be an intermediary between spirit and humankind. That's who we've served, right? So we want to teach our people a whole new way, leading with skill sets, but also this thing called compassion, Mm. to really build this platform called spiritually integrated holistic empowerment. We're building the model as we speak.
0: Got it. Spiritually integrated holistic empowerment.
4: What does that mean? That means we know how our people heal. We use both evidence-based practices and we merge them with the sacred. So we'll be using interventions in behavioral health to relieve depression and anxiety, social anxiety and all those things. We'll be using some of those evidence-based practices. But we also know that a good pot of greens is very healing. The process of cooking that is very healing. We also know that rocking and a moan, Mm-hmm. kept her out of prison and kept you alive right mm-hmm. so we'll be bringing to light the ways that our people heal our people heal through the voguing amen I, have you ever seen the children do hands uh, and voguing? yes i have girl of course i have. i can't watch it in person i don't go to i can't i have to leave because i'm having a religious experience yes ma'am it's magic. And
0: you think about the, the voguing and how the, the connection to vogue in Africa, right? And the the, the, the rhythms, right? Yes. Vogue is an American art form that has gone all over the world. It's very exciting. And thinking about that lineage, I love how connected to to all of the spirits you are. But when you talked about rocking and moaning, what was really beautiful for me is I love bringing in other things we've talked about on the podcast. That feels so in the parlance of the community resiliency model and um, from the Trauma Research Institute that rocking and humming is a resource that actually stimulates the vagus nerve and can reset our nervous system. And then begin to facilitate that psycho-spiritual shift. Shift, right.
4: That also is the power of the OM. The power of the OM re-centers that nerve, oxygenates the brain. Yes. The OM, in its full breath, right, does that as well. Every culture has their way of sort of having a reset right namyo namyo rengekyo right om shanti shanti om shanti shanti om all of us have those ways of sort of reoxygenating the brain recentering the synapses firing in the brain and coming together like, mm-hmm. I
0: love those things. And I love finding the connections between the, yeah, I think we do uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, oh, yeah. and a few other things in the, um, the Baptist church. And then integrating that with like trauma resiliency work, right? Yes. That, that is, And that is somatic. Yes that is connected to the body.
4: Welcome to Holistic Empowerment Institute, right? That,
0: yeah, for me, that is really exciting. I have a holistic doctor here in LA, Dr. Henry, and she focuses on, on the physical part. And my therapist, who's a trauma resiliency um, therapist, sent me to um, Dr. Henry. And what she illuminated to me, I've been with her for um, four or five years now, is that regular Western medicine, basically like they can prescribe drugs or give you surgery. There's nothing really preventative in what they do. And so with Dr. Henry, we talk about my gut health. We do acupuncture, we do microcurrent, we do uh, heart rate variability. We do all these things that like, well, what's going on if this is happening? Let's look at your diet. Let's look at your sleep patterns. Let's look at all these things like sort of on a physical level.
4: Now, see, I want to take it further as a spiritually integrated therapist. I need to know more. I need to know, do you know who your ancestors are? Who are the relationships with that We need to repair, right? We may need to do some ancestral repair work. And good God, I found that to be so useful.
0: Ancestral repair work. That sounds like for people out there, what what are you talking about? That's a little esoteric, ancestral repair work. Are we talking seances or... So like, can you break that down for us? Because I I find that really fascinating. So energy
4: does not end. Oh, speak. It doesn't dissipate.
0: Yeah, it, it always continues. It's not, it is only transformed. It's
4: continuous. It, all, it transmutes, it changes form. So grandmama may not be grandma, but that energy is still present with us, mm. right? And we know that the divine doesn't really operate in here, there's, then now's, a penny, a million. The spirit of life doesn't really operate in those sort of limitations. So if you're having a relationship with yourself based on somebody's information that that was given to you about yourself, we may need to go and clear some of that up. And we might need to, I took one of my clients to the beach and we had a great talk with
0: Grandmama.
4: Uh I take a lot of my clients to the water because I believe the water does the work. And she did. She began to write, you were wrong about me. I'm not going to kill. I'm going to be okay. So now we can begin to build a whole new relationship with that ancestor, because in the African tradition we use our, and in the lat many tradition, uh, ethno traditions, we use our ancestors as resource. They are a part of our ammunition. So when I do both therapy and spiritual counseling. I'm asking people about your therapeutic tools. Like, are you doing your affirmative work? Are you doing your writing? Are you doing journaling? Are you breathing, doing mindfulness? But I'm also asking, are you engaged? Have you engaged your ancestor on this? Have you spoke some affirmative? Pr- I do teach affirmative prayer.
0: What is affirmative prayer? What is mm, affirmative,
4: affirmative prayer is speaking from, so what your friend talked about earlier about Sort of navigating yourself from a place of it is already accomplished, that is really scriptural, really, right? Mm. Call things that be not as it were. Affirmative prayer speaks from a place of knowing already one's oneness with the spirit of life, right? So we're not begging God to do something, we're stepping into who we are as citizens of the spirit and speaking our word. Expecting it to unfold because that is the promise and that is the law. Oh. So we're very mindful of the prayer we put out. Like, you know, in my training, we had to, as a spiritual counselor, we had to write our prayers and have them critiqued. Oh, oh yes, baby. And they were, Christina Applegate sat next to me. And we, we were like, dang, I got beat up on my prayer." <laughs>
0: Critiquing a prayer, Jesus Christ, <laughs>
4: and grading a prayer and grading. Wow, your yeah, science wow. of mind was no joke. But well, it's the
0: criteria for um for grading a prayer? So
4: in reading our prayers, your your counselor would say this 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 line here that speaks of separation that is not unifying that is not you that is not affirmative. Okay, or this time this is denials. We don't use denials. We don't say things like God, I don't want uh-uh. So we don't speak. And God, please don't let there be any cancer. Wait, 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 we're not doing denials. We're speaking in front of my body operates in complete vitality and overwhelming health. That is my DNA and my birthright is the law of the spirit that I'm speaking. We speak that. We don't Mm. speak, no, Lord, I'm hiding behind a bush, don't let them get me. No, no, that's a powerless prayer. Oh,
0: (laughs) so much comes up for me. I think about um, negative self-talk, which came up for me really strong during the pandemic and it's just an old habit. And Mm -hmm. that what we say can shift, a thought can shift us into trauma, can shift our bodies into shame, just a negative thought or negative self-talk. So what is so beautiful about what you're saying now on a spiritual level is that um, neurobiologically, it also begins to set up the nervous system for resilience. It sets up the nervous system for trauma resilience, for shame resilience. Can I
4: say that another way? Absolutely. You begin to set up a whole nother pattern of habituation in terms of how to process trauma, how to encode trauma, how to resist trauma as trauma, right? When you live your life from a place of knowing fully who you are, some things just don't affect you like they affect other people or how they used to affect you. Why? Because you don't see yourself as this weak, needy, vulnerable, Wanting to be loved trans person. I really think that language for us has become toxic. Yes. Right. This whole wanting to be trans is trying to be trans. Quits. Trans will be you. The definition will catch up to you and wrap itself around you. You don't need to wrap yourself around the definition of trans. It's going to change in 10 years anyway.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: I want to fortify you so that you see yourself as powerful, as beautiful, that you know what your skill sets are, that you know what your talents are, that you know what your triggers are, but also you know what your weapons are. Not to fire back at the attacker, but to form a worthy shield. You can't call me a man in a dress and that shatter my existence today. Amen. I mean, well, first of all, I have proof that it's not true. I do have a stunning mirror. However, Amen. However, I've been through too much. I know myself too much. I know the source of the attack. That's the other piece. We don't teach our people the source of the attack. Hey, look, y'all, that's the man. That was never about you. (laughs) That was a protective factor that people do it for themselves. That was a trigger response because many cisgender women, when trans women walk into a room, we become very self-indicting for cisgender women. Right. Some. For some. Thank you for that. I don't want to generalize. You know, she's like that. Why am I like this? And many people process it through attack instead of just saying, wow, what a beautiful another form of woman as I am as well. Yeah. Right. But when you begin to fortify yourself, you have a different relationship to abuse. Mm-hmm. And that psycho-spiritual shift, it really does happen and it changes. It just changes everything.
0: I always think about what gets in the way for some of the some of the girls. I mean, a lot of our young trans sisters may be dealing with like survival sex work and just in yeah. environment. Environment is so key. My my boyfriend always says we're a product of our environment. And so it's like who do we surround ourselves with? And we're talking about spiritual fortification. We have to be surrounded by people and energy we th- that 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 is going to reinforce that that for spiritual fortification. So we may need to let some people People go. We may need to like move out of this home that is not, you know, that's toxic if we can, right? We may need to get out of this relationship or let this girlfriend go who doesn't see, really see it for us to find that spiritual fortification and to step into what we're meant to be. And I, you know, I always think about when you talk like that, I think about Maya Angelou's um, poem for our grandmothers that Oprah often quotes. She says that I come as one, but I stand as 10,000.
4: Know, you just you pulled up my girl now. Wait a minute. You're talking about my mama now. Hold up. <laughs> i <I'm> my mama. <laughs> but that statement that Maya made when I read that, that became why I love being a trans woman. Mm. Because I am not just this diagnostic physicality that you see.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. I am Sir Lady Java that beguiled your granddaddy. I am Christine Jurgensen that set a whole new conversation about body physicality. Mm -hmm. My value goes beyond Valerie Spencer. My value goes beyond this thing called trans. I have been so useful and sought after throughout cultures. So I'm not just this queen who was teased and ostracized from South Central Los Angeles. That's the factual narrative. The truth of it is, oh, honey, I am the Fa'afafina. I am the Burbidash. I am the Hezra. I am the Two-Spirit. I am the Shaman. I am the Hoodoo priestess. I am the Ifa priestess. I have been found in Santaria. In Voodoo, Catholicism, so we know ourselves differently. Yeah. We have been given a very narrow margin of understanding about ourselves.
0: And the link between that and colonialism is so important to always emphasize and to always talk about that, that, that the way... European colonialism colonized so much of the world where we were viewed as sacred beings, right? In in indigenous cultures all over the world, and and, mm-hmm. and European colonialism came in and said, "What is this? This is not of Jesus Christ," and marginalized us. And I always invite young trans people to, to connect with that history and realize that they are anointed. And I feel like that's what you're talking about now. When when I had a look on this on this podcast, a look was saying too, trans people have always been spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. That is what we are here for. And, and, you know, we can step into that or not.
4: There's a reason why they saw us as as heathen and pagan. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why they saw us as out. Of course, we presented certain gender physicality that they did not understand. But the receipts were the receipts. And here's what I mean by that. The receipts were when that trans woman went over that girl's house, that baby don't have that code no more. Mm. The receipts were when that trans woman showed over at that dry crop, it was a dry crop. Now six weeks later, they got all kind of corn over there. The receipts were the receipts. We were the Kaiser of our people. Yeah. We were the HMO of the land. Those colonial oppressors, yes, they saw us for what we were. We were a vehicle to stop their progression. Mm. We bore both physical energy, ancestral energy, energetic energy. We knew how to manipulate the earth and the land. We, we, we was the shit.
0: <laughs> it's time for a short break. When we come back,
2: more with our guest. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret.
0: And when I think about the current sort of anti-trans, like vigorous anti-trans push from conservatives, it's like, can we just allow us to be great? Allow us to step into the divineness that we are? And I think we can give ourselves permission. W- one of the many things I love about you is that you have not, you have not waiting for anybody to give you permission to like, to, to be great, to be... <sighs>
4: well, I, I, I must confess, I did... I did. Now, let me tell you, in my late 30s, I had a huge resentment because I just thought if I just stay bright and cunning and smiling and nice and upbeat, that Oprah is going to come get me. (laughs) I'm telling you, And at about 38, it occurred to me that Oprah was not coming to get me, that I was actually going to have to produce this. That's why I went back to school because I thought, okay, well, she came and got ISIS, but she's not going to come get me. Once I really got, and the other piece, Laverne, and I really want your listeners to connect with this, assess yourself and be honest. Because sometimes the current lanes in as bright and shiny and seemingly successful producing as they may be. They just don't fit for you. I was so busy trying to learn how to diagnose and, and Department of Mental Health and all those things. That I was not asking questions like, like, where are you feeling this in your body, Amen. right?
0: The somatic questions.
4: Who came to you last night and, and talked to you about this? You know, what ancestor have you been to? And if, after a while, I had to give my, myself permission to let my freak flag fly. I just had to because it felt like work and I can't do work. I learned that years ago. I just, I can't work.
0: And what I think you mean is that when you're doing something that you love, when it is aligned with a purpose that is bigger than you, it doesn't feel like work.
4: It feels effortless and fun. And oh, my God, they sent me money. (laughs) Right. And, you know, there are some times in that you may clean a toilet. You may have to pick up a chair and move it. you You know. The ease and difficulty of whatever a task is, that's not really the relevance. The relevance is that I feel so appreciated and valued here. I appreciate and value all these people. I feel safe. It doesn't feel like work. But I've had jobs that felt like work. And it feels like work. Yeah. And part of that toxic, I want you to listen to Set Yourself Free, baby, because part of that toxic work, is getting yourself together to get up every day to go deal with that toxic work. You need to do some work that's not work. Some of us just can't do it. And I think
0: I've been thinking a lot about toxic stress in my life, and I have I've lived a very stressful life over the past few years, and there's a lot of mm. pressure on me and my job. And I'm just like, how do, what does it look like for me to let that go? But the toxic stress actually precedes me being famous Laverne Cox. It goes back to childhood stuff. It's mm-hmm. historical. So like trying to make decisions now for my healing, for me to be more connected to the ancestors, connected mm-hmm. to, to love. Being in love now, it's really all about love. That when you really are in love and or, or feel love, it's not even just about romantic love, feeling love for music or feeling love for acting or mm-hmm. art and being creative, that there's something that shifts in my body that is just so connected. Mm-hmm. And when things go awry and I get in my head, I'm not... I'm not feeling, allowing myself to feel the love in my body and I'm not allowing myself to be connected. It's maybe a connection to my girlfriends, a connection to the love I have preparing for this podcast. I have love, I have love really doing the work for this podcast. It's been so joyous for me. And I feel connected when I do that. Connection to another human being, connected to the power, the energy of the universe mm-hmm. that, that is bigger than me, connected to a purpose, that this fame thing is not just about me, Looking cute on Instagram, <laughs> it's a Mugler or or Loewe or whatever, that there is a purpose attached to it and connection, then that begins to shift the energy in my body. That begins to like to heal. It begins to heal. And
4: that that, that that's the word. There it is. Some of us will discover if we're honest that self-awareness alone did not quite do it. Mm -hmm. academic, cognitive, critical understanding didn't do it. We needed something that wasn't religious.
0: And religion has been really oppressive for our people, Mm -hmm. specifically LGBTQI plus people. I mean, it has. And actually for everybody, (laughs) religion all over. Look at what's going on globally.
4: We have so hijacked God and made God out to be this evil motherfucker that's like, you know, my daddy was, like this pimp with the hat on. If you don't do it my way, I'm going to knock the hell out of you. Where my money at? Is this the energy that said, let there be light? Or was it like, bitch, turn the goddamn lights so, on I me. Mean, and I'm programmed to learn life's lessons by way of mistake. And you're going to burn me forever for that. That's why God said to me, take take me out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're I wanna offer a reframe to what you were saying earlier, however. Mm -hmm. I think it also requires safety and honesty. Tell me more. Because if I feel safe, if I feel safe, I'll allow myself to connect with those things or to do those things. And if I'm honest, now that one is a big, 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 because we've got a lot invested in those narratives and they are multivariant and dynamic. They are organic and living. And I always like to ask my clients, what's the truth beneath that? Okay, what's the truth beneath that? Amen. Okay, what's the truth beneath that? Until we hit a hard layer of, I was trying to buy love. And so if I feel safe, Mm. then I will feel so safe that I'll be honest. And when I'm honest, a whole bunch of magical things start happening. First of all, when I'm honest, those ancestors present themselves to you and say, hi, I'm here with your Neiman Marcus bags. Are you ready? They become like spiritual concierge, right? The difficulty of life is taken out because we've got other resources, right? I don't have a personal assistant. I do have prayer. So I'm trying to promote people feeling safe. The other thing that you mentioned leads into this. hmm uh-huh. Those Instagram posting don't need a purpose. What the heck for? They're fun. They are, they They are, they are. They are Laverne being. That's that. And so should anyone look at that and say, well, what's the meaning behind that? Nothing. I'm on Instagram getting my entire life because my body is fabulous. I'm in a fabulous place and I can shake them up. I can. I'm the instrument in illumination. Get into it.
0: I am the instrument in illumination. I love that you, we have to wrap up soon, but I love that you talked about safety because none of this work is possible without safety. The point of trauma um, resilience by work is to move out of the fight, flight, or freeze. If our nervous systems are in the constant fight, flight, or freeze, if we've experienced trauma, discrimination, I believe that our com- LGBTQ community, particularly trans women of color, are constantly in that survival, fight, flight, or freeze where we never feel safe. And so if we never feel safe, we can't do any of this work. We can't do any of the work because we're in the limbic brain. We're not in our prefrontal cortex. We're not in that resilient place. So we have to get ourselves out of that heightened fight, flight, or freeze. I'm in danger. That's We've been talking about this on the podcast since we started.
4: It becomes a fog, that fight, flight response that you speak of. It becomes like a permanent existence, a fog. And so it sounds like illogical decision-making. It sounds like a questionable impulse control. It's just that far
0: right? Of the trauma and survival. Uh-huh.
4: Trauma, survival, and affirmation. Mm. Too much trauma, uh, not enough survival, complete depletion of affirmation. This culture does not affirm us unless we are bionically beautiful. Everybody can't look like y'all.
0: And then it's still contingent because we age because we want to get fat. Uh, you're never going <laughs> like, to age. LeBron, patriarchy is brutal. You're never going to
4: age and you know you're never going to get fat. Please stop.
0: <laughs> anyway, before I ask the last question that I end the podcast with, I just want to, um, what I love, I've always loved about you is that there is something deeply connected to the earth, to spirituality, to something that is bigger, this to something that is divine, and that that is deeply necessary for us going forward as trans people. There's we're, we're so visible now in ways that we have never can, can never really imagine, but we really desperately need this spiritual component as we go forward. We really do. We need deeper capacities to love people who are coming for us, but we can't do that if we're not loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what you have given us today is like a deep understanding of like the ways in which we can love ourselves that are deeply connected to our ancestors, to the earth, to the God that, that is within us. And this is crucial right now, Mm -hmm. as we face the the battles of just everyday life. And so this is out there and it's available and it's waiting. It's it's right here. Mm -hmm.
4: And it is who you are already. So the inherited self is the trans self. Let let me be clear. Let Let me get my commercial on this piece right there. The true self is the you. The inherited self is this thing called transgender. We also, in our loving of ourselves, we have to examine our relationship to this terminology. Hmm. I retired from being trans. <laughs> I stepped back in where it pays and, you know, because it's become lucrative in some spaces. But in my life every day, oh my God, being transgender is too much work. Oh my word, yeah. right? Where's the appreciation? Where's the validation? It, it has me, living in social anxiety, thinking that people want to attack me or harm me. And that may be true, but that keeps me from blocking that attack with my sickeningness, right? Because I'm so busy focused on, am I enough trans? I invite people to, yes, appreciate the legacy, the lineage of being trans, but who are you? Ah, now that's the harder question to answer. That's the deeper point of inquiry. Who am I? I'm more than that now. I see myself as much more than trans. Therefore, I see myself as having the ability to experience something beyond the the trauma that is trans. But but mind you, I want to make it seem like I've gotten all trans trauma free. In my life, the trauma was like a mist. You didn't know why you didn't get the job, but you didn't get the job. Yeah. Right. You were interviewed by a man. Oh, my God. That man was handsome. And he said all the great things that, you know, you were going to get the job. You blamed yourself. You didn't know it was about him. He liked Queens. He's always liked Queens. If he hired you, he was going to get clocked. So he couldn't have you here. You didn't know that.
0: Girl, there's. That's a whole podcast.
4: But I'm <laughs> old. That's the beauty of being an old, but that's the beauty of being old. I know the team. Some attacks don't attack you like they used to because you know, you know that the attacker, it's like, I know that if I let you into my house, I know exactly what position you will be getting into within 15 minutes. I know exactly who you are, sir. I know who you are. So it doesn't bother me. It's, I mean. How could it? I know what you want, Daddy. I know what you
0: want. Reverend, Reverend, (laughs) Reverend Spencer, girl, we got to end this podcast. I love you so much. (laughs) I I love the spirituality with the Kiki. We end the Laverne Cox show with this question, what else is true? And it's taken from my somatic therapy through the community resiliency model. And it's the idea of both. And if there's something challenging in my life, something else is true. If I'm feeling pain in one part of my body, There may be a part of my body where it's neutral and positive. So if I can focus on that other thing that is true, I can lift the the pain, the anxiety of this thing that, that is weighing me down. Reverend Valerie Spencer, for you today on this day, what else is true for you?
4: I am always supported. I may can't see the support. I may can't even smell the support or even have an internal navigation of where it is. But if I can just get still for a nanosecond and remind myself, hey, hey, you know that you're supported, right? We feel often alone. We feel that we have to navigate these cells by ourselves. I often feel like if I admit my unknowing you know people will see me as a failure or not enough and let them see that i am always supported. i'm always gonna be okay even if i'm penniless and broke because i'm a queen i can make penniless and broke look like the met galadir i'm a queen so don't you know please don't see your transness as a deficit that's your battery that's your power that's your song
0: Valerie Spencer, I love you so much. You're ever. I love you too,
4: sister. You look good. Ooh. Thank you. Okay, bye y'all. Y'all gonna okay. make me miss Joy Reid. <laughs> MSNBC Mum. You know okay, be well. Lebron. call me here. I will call you. Be well. Be well. Be well.
0: Mm. That was good, right? <laughs> I love me some Valerie Spencer. She's a kiki, but she's so spiritually grounded and she always has been. And the phrase that just knocked me on my, on my booty. (laughs) Psycho spiritual shift. The way Valerie talked about it, it reminds me of sort of getting the spirit, you know, when the preacher's preaching and some some truth comes over you, the spirit hits you when you get the Holy Ghost. That's what a psycho-spiritual shift sort of feels like, but then like taking it out of the context of, uh, of church and, and also thinking that we all have a sacred core, that her work is about inviting us to tap into our sacred core. And it's it's inside of us, but it is also connected to ancestors. It's connected to an energy that's bigger than us. I think it feels like she's talking about the quantum field, the way Dr. Um, Joe Dispenza talked about, like, you know, she's talking about the spirits and how they can speak to us and live within us. I'm like, okay, this is like a quantum model that she's talking about, but she's using spiritual language to talk about it. I love, so it is all related. There's just different approaches that we can take to get where we need to get. But I think ultimately stepping into the divine within us, doing all the trauma work that we've been inviting through the course of this podcast so that we can feel safe, so that we can be in our resilient zone, the sacred core, and allow that to manifest itself through our entire being is a beautiful, beautiful image, a beautiful, beautiful invitation and gift that Valerie Spencer has given us today. Thank you for listening to The Laverne Cox Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe and share with everyone you know. Join me next week for my conversation with Madame Ira Sif, my voice coach and opera teacher for over 25 years. Opera is a passion for both of us and in our conversation, we go into the demented insane fandom that is being an opera queen and we have a tremendous amount of fun whether you're an opera fan or not this is the conversation not to be missed you can find me on instagram and twitter at laverne cox and on facebook at laverne cox for real until next time stay in the The Laverne Cox Show is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products.
2: Sumo Play.